Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Take Two here with Randy. Um, hope you guys are having a good evening. I know it was raining for us today. Uh, the snow looks beautiful up on the mountains where it belongs and not down <laughs> here. Uh, got a feel for those people back east and who are buried in snow, things like that. But in Southern California, we, we've got it pretty good. Uh, so anyway, I hope you guys are staying safe if you're driving and all those things, but uh, welcome to Take Two. Hope you can join us here or join in a little bit later as we look a little bit more into the things that were shared on Sunday. Um, also, if you have any questions, you can uh, write them in. We will see them here and we can try and answer them if we uh, see those and try and have some kind of interactive connection with you guys. Uh, a couple things to announce. We are meeting live on Sundays. We are outside. We are distanced and it went pretty well last Sunday. I thought talking to Randy, it seemed to go well. Um, we're going to do it again this Sunday and plan on doing this for foreseeable time here in the future until we're able to fully meet inside um, we did have a few people inside as well, so we're balancing it again, trying to stay safe uh, with things as they develop here in the future. So just that to remind you to come on down Sundays and join us if you would like. Another announcement I forgot to announce Sunday is our new website has dropped. We've got a new website. Thanks to Randy for that. It's a lot, I think, cleaner and easier to kind of move around, especially with the things that are important right now with yeah. COVID. Um, it's just all those things you need to get to see us. Boom, you can do that. Uh, you want to have, you know, a way to uh, financially support. Boom, right there. Um, it's pretty, pretty clean. Good job. Thank you. So um, just to let you guys know, check it out. The new GenesisStory.com website is up and we are still waiting to get our app. Yeah, that's we're on hold. We're on hold. I don't know. Eternal loop. Yeah. But <laughs> as soon as that lands, oh, uh, spring forward. That's right. Thank you, Gil. Oh. That was another thing I forgot to announce. This Sunday, we set our clocks ahead one hour. So we lose an hour of sleep. Painful. Yes, but we get an hour of light, which is nice. I don't know why they still haven't changed that. We voted for that change. <laughs> right. Um, but it hasn't taken place maybe this is the year where we don't have to fall back. But anyway, thanks, Gil, for the reminder. Remember to spring forward, set your clocks ahead an hour uh, for this Sunday so that um, you get here on time. Otherwise, you'll be an hour late, and we'll know. Anyway. <laughs> so, new website, waiting for the app, spring forward. I think those are the things that covered it. Well, Last Sunday, I kind of continued a part two on getting to the heart. The first part, I talked about examples of Judas and Peter and their uh, probably worst moments or some of their worst moments, right? That of betrayal, that of, being, of denial and Jesus leaning into that. Uh, this week, I talked about James and John and I don't know if it would be considered their worst moment, but it was definitely... <laughs> a uh, pretty uh, boisterous one, you know, where they asked Jesus to give them whatever they asked of him um, and saw how Jesus responded to that. 
Um, let me kind of throw the ball to you and just get some feedback on you and what you thought, maybe what you think of that question and yeah. Jesus's response. Um, so I've, you know, we've, we've, I, I won't speak for everybody, but we've probably, a lot of us have heard that story a lot mm-hmm. throughout, uh, uh, church life. And, um, and I've always kind of found it strange. It's always just kind of like a, these guys are really asking for that. And, um, and funny, funny enough, this time I kind of had a different, I mean, it's definitely, and you know, they definitely show the audacity of youth, right? That this is what they're asking for. But I, what I was thinking more about was the things they could have asked for that they didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, just like if they're saying like if, if because we talked about this before, I think this whole idea of of, you know, the wants kind of under the surface or whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it really it really is kind of a barometer for ourselves to kind of like what are what are we really wanting? Yeah. And what does that say about us? Right. And for them, what they wanted, it was maybe, you know, some uh, some machismo, maybe a little bit of like, I want Well, you're the man in charge. I want to be the next man in charge. Yeah. There's some of that. But the fact that they wanted to be involved in the kingdom of God and they weren't asking for riches or mm-hmm. uh, hmm. or, you know, I don't know. I don't know. You know, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, there was something that showed me that their concerns are a little bit. Well, they're trying to align with, as much as they can. They're trying to align yeah. with what Jesus is showing them compared to what they've experienced as ruler and authority right. and everything else. So I had a little bit more sympathy for him this time. And that's a <laughs> great point because then you start thinking about what would have happened if Jesus would have responded the way maybe we would have responded or way leaders were used to responding and really squashed their wants, mm. right? Really uh, rebuke them for wanting something. So why are you wanting this? You shouldn't want that. You right. know, you should move away from that. I mean, didn't you hear what I said that, you know, these things about these things. And instead of squashing that, I mean, what would that have done to them at that point? It would have, you know, probably, uh, poisoned uh, some of that that was good yeah. about this desire, right? Yeah. Where they still wanted to be, like you said, a part of this kingdom work. They just had it in their minds the way they're used to it taking place. And if Jesus would have crushed that, it could have crushed out the good as well as, you know, dealt yeah. with some of the ego and stuff that was there. Yeah, it's it's almost like it's it's like it's redundant to say that Jesus dealt with it perfectly. <laughs> but he did. If I was Jesus, I would have dealt with it. Yeah. <laughs> but, there, but there is that. You know, like our, um, you know, I won't speak for you. My, my knee-jerk reaction would have probably been more like what I was trained, you know, like, like even desiring leadership is almost like yeah. you don't, that's, yeah, that shows some ugliness in you that you don't. You know what I mean? Like you get squashed. So like, yeah, you know. And I mean, looking back, just learning to be more honest with myself and uh, with the things that I want. Looking back at the times where I did desire to be involved with ministry, but had to tiptoe around that desire mm-hmm. because of that. You know, same. Yeah, for totally. saying it's like, well, man, I really want to do this. I better not say it, otherwise they'll think I want it too bad, and then they won't put me in a position of leadership. <laughs> so I'll just pretend if the Lord wills and, you know, I believe God's calling to, you know, me to it, it, these, these are all, you know, things we use to kind of keep that want below the surface, but 
still let it show a little bit. Yeah. You know, I believe God's calling me to ministry. Well, it's really what I want. And that's why I believe God's calling me there. Yeah. It's like almost every pastor I know that got called to another ministry also got paid more. <laughs> right. And it, it's like, um, it's seldom that it went the other way around. Right. Yeah. I mean, it sure it happens, but most of the time it's like, Oh, I'm going to get more money and that's what I want. And so now I'm called and there's kind of a deception that we put forward to look right in the eyes of people, but really isn't honest yeah. with ourselves and even more so, uh, with God. You know, one of the things I was thinking about, I just read something today and I kind of had in mind talking about the way leadership normally runs, where you rebuke people for wanting these things that, you know, people who are in charge are the ones who decide, not you tell me what right. you want. Right. And I just read something about Beth Moore has left the, yeah, I read the you thing. know, Southern Baptist, uh, what do they call it? Affiliation or whatever it is. Uh, Anyway, I, I think she's still Baptist, but she's not a part of the Southern Baptist. And it has a lot to do with the things that she's seen in the Southern Baptist, the, um, you know, abuse that she's seen towards women and even some of the political things that took place in the denomination as a whole. Um, and, and when I see something like that and I think of the things that she's written that where she was treated a certain way. Right. Uh, because she was a woman and the men who were, you know, in leaders in that uh, affiliation or other places that she had to, you know, have interaction with the way they treated her, things like that. Or even with uh, Ravi Zacharias, right, who um, had these things come out about what his, you know, sexual misconduct to hundreds, you know, uh, of times to these women. And you see that this power when it doesn't deal with the want becomes, I don't know, hypocritical, but it's almost like it's not true, right? Mm. It's like Ravi, yeah, he was a great speaker and these things, but he never dealt with the fact that, you know what I really desire is this and, you know, these relationships with these women. And if he would have ever been able to express something like that, he probably would have been, you know, shunned and kicked out and squashed. And so instead, it never got dealt with. And then it turned into something that was abusive, right? And this is kind of the extreme case maybe of what can happen when our wants don't come to the surface and when we don't deal with them, right? Yeah. where this kind of conduct can happen and takes place towards other people. Yeah. yeah. In the case of Robbie Zacharias, it's been really heavy to find out because, uh, like you say, he's a great speaker. He was well-renowned. Mm -hmm. He was considered, you know, a face of Christianity to much mm -hmm. of the world. And to have it come out kind of post-mortem maybe was um, – you, you, there's no resolve, so people, yeah. There's just all these unresolved feelings about it, and yeah, it's, it, it's been hard to it's been hard to read about. And, yeah, it, it really has. And his organization, I mean, has responded well now. Yeah, but then the question is, why couldn't they respond better when he was alive? Right, right. 
uh, even his children, his daughter, has responded well now. But what was it? And you can't put yourself in that dynamic of the relationship, right? right? But that's almost the whole point of this idea of leaders squashing things so that the truth can't come out. It, it, It stops even the truth about what's going on within them being expressed, right? So someone saying, I want to you know, be a leader. I want to be in charge. I want to do with what you do. It's like, Hey, I'm the one who decides that, not you. Yeah. Maybe we could, without, you know, spending a lot of time on it, maybe people don't know like in ministry what that's like, because if you've not, if you've not ever been involved in, you know, a bigger church ministry or something like that, you might not know that dynamic. So just, just briefly. Yeah. I mean, it, it really, I guess it depends on the ministry. You know, so much of it depends on the ministry and who's running the ministry. But for a a lot of people, the pastor is kind of the person in charge and might be a board of elders or something like that. But in a place where ministry is kind of run by that person, then everything kind of falls under that person. And then you, to get anything, need to appeal to this person, right? And so this person kind of becomes in charge and then there's a a submission to the leadership that's, you know, over you. And those things get really focused on in scripture. You know, it's always about, well, you're to obey your elders and, you know, Saul did or David did not think to speak against God's anointed, which was Saul. You know, those kind of scriptures where, oh, you don't say anything bad. You don't say anything bad. Oh, no, you submit to the elders. And then when something bad does happen, you're left wondering, how am I supposed to deal with this? Or even other people I know who have had problems, like one of the people I know uh, was serving with me at the church was suffering depression. But he couldn't go to the pastor or the elders at that church, he didn't feel comfortable going to them and saying, I have depression because they would have rebuked him for it. And so what he wanted was help, but he had to play like it wasn't there so he could keep his job. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Those kinds of things where what's really happening inside gets shunned for fear of repercussions from the people who are over us. Um, Because they're the ones who, you know, sign our paycheck. They're the ones who decide whether we get to do the things we love or not. And so you start playing to them instead of actually being honest with yourself. I don't know if that answers. Yeah, no, I think so. I think that there is an element too for, um, I remember trying to figure out how to walk this line. I I didn't, I grew up, I've said this many times, I grew up in the Catholic church. So that's obviously different. Yeah. At least in some regards, it's different. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, at some point when I when I thought that I wanted to be involved in leadership or um, I, I felt like God was calling me to be a pastor, mm-hmm. I, I felt that distinctly. But I couldn't just say I couldn't just go into the church and say, hey, I feel like I'm supposed to be a pastor. <laughs> I had to I had to be invited kind of. Yeah. Or even to say, I want to be a pastor. Right. Right? It, there was that language where I feel called is the... Yeah, I'm still using it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I feel called to be a pastor. That way, it, it almost isn't, you know, from me. Right. Where if it's, I want to be a pastor, it's like, oh, you know, it's not up to you. It's up to God. Well, I think it's kind of up to us, too. I mean, if... I mean, that's... 
that's not a bad desire, right? If we're talking yeah. about this kind of, it's it's not. Yeah, it's not like now. Of course, there's always motives, right? Right. Um, but again, maybe and that's it, what they're safeguarding against in, in, in people's defense, exactly. right? That's, that's yeah. They just want to. It's not selfish. It's not because I want to be a leader and have everyone, you know, think about me the way they think about you. Um, but that whole idea starts to get squashed where you have to play this game of how you say things. You know, you can't be honest. You can't just be. You know, I really would like to do this. I really want to do this. Or to even say, I think I would be a good, you know, Mm. pastor. Or I think I would be a good whatever it is becomes ego. It becomes, oh, man, now it's all about self. It's all about this. It's like, well, no, it's not all about self. Or it doesn't have to be. Um, It could actually be a good thing. It could be part of how God has made me. And it's part of those things. (laughs) Gosh, there's my (laughs) room. thought it was silenced but oh well so we're Um, we're um and we're talking you know we're talking church kind of inner workings or even some politics involved in that but there's also the same the same idea can be applied to relationships yeah marriages children parents you know the whole bit yeah in fact so much so i mean you think about the relationships that you have you know with a spouse or someone who you're close to and being able to tell them what you want, you know, how important that is to have that freedom to be able to say that and not be uh, in fear of, oh, no, if I tell them what I really want, they're going to, um, you know, not want to be with me or they're going to want to leave me or they're going to think ill of me. Instead of having an openness to at least put it on the table and discuss it. You know, here is something that was pretty, and the reason I picked this example is because this is a pretty, you know, bold thing to say. Yeah. You know, I I want a position of power. You know, I want to be right under you, me and my brother. You can decide who sits on the right and left, but we want to be there. Um, That seems pretty, you know, prideful. It, It seems pretty egocentric it seems like it has all the qualifications to be squashed and rightly so but jesus doesn't you know and and that is an amazing thing yeah it's amazing that they feel free to ask it yeah and it's amazing that his response to them is so full of wisdom you know it, it so encourages the good that's in it and redirects the bad yeah Right. And what a beautiful picture and, that is. And it's it's the idea again now if we if we kind of relive this, you know, idea through a child asking you, mm. right? Like, Dad, this is what I want to be when I grow up and it's like yeah. whatever. You might think, Oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. But I'm not gonna squash this like desire for something big, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You you kind of wanna encourage those hopes and stuff in, in your child. Yeah, Judah wants to be an airplane pilot. He said that last night today you know it was a fireman last week but you know yeah. all those things yeah. like, well yeah you can be <laughs> if you want to do that you know there is and, and then it's like well you know yeah if you you know got to stay in school and you know whatever that job might be you right. want to encourage them in the things that are going to be good towards that and how important is that for us to do with one another in all these areas whether it's in ministry whether it's in our homes with our children um, to be able to not put anything as an obstacle for them to be able to share what they want and not fear that it's going to be looked down upon. 
Yeah. It's heavy. That can be heavy. When I was like maybe 16, I went to my dad and I told him that I think I, I think I want to be a priest, mm-hmm. a Catholic priest. And my dad was like, you know, he wasn't Catholic. My mom was. My dad just kind of, he kind of sat for a minute and didn't say anything. And he said, Randy, if that's what you want, then I'll support that. And my mom said, you like girls too much. <laughs> so mom knew me a little better. <laughs> Have faith in me, mom. No, no, I know you. Uh, th- those are, you know, the kinds of things, though, that really do give us a direction how people deal with us. I mean, in the areas of ministry, like we were talking about, how many have suffered from some kind of PTSD because of being blasted for sharing you know what they wanted or even what was happening in their life yeah you know like this friend i was talking about when he said he's depressed and just about got fired um because you're a christian that's not supposed to be a part of your life and you need to have more faith blah 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 those kinds of things how many of them suffer because or even in home situations you know where someone shares uh, what's happening in them what they want or, or why they feel uh, alone it's like what i'm not enough for you you're alone you know you want to be with someone else like no i'm just expressing what's going on in me i don't know other words whatever but i want a safe place to be able to put this on the table yeah. and, and talk about it and i think that's why counseling is so good being able to have someone who is not that close to you who you can talk to who can give you honest feedback that you know helps you to deal or wrestle with some of the things that you're going through, you know, and make you feel like I'm not crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Even in this, in this scenario and the scriptures we're talking about, I keep thinking about this is, you know, this is John, this is the beloved. This is, you know, when he yeah. writes his, when he writes his gospel, he's, he's pretty sure he's Jesus's favorite. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? They have, they have, yeah. a, a, they have a relationship that's yeah. maybe unlike anybody else. So I, 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 I keep putting that in the picture too. Like he, you know, they really did. He was really close to Jesus. Yeah. And so for, for this ask to come out, he, he felt like he could trust Jesus with it. Right. With that. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of interesting how my picture of Jesus has, has, has changed over the, the years and how he's not so stoic anymore. You know, he's not looking the way I used to think, that he looked, you yeah. know, as very like, well, listen, this is how it is. How now I could just see him busting up when they said this, right? <laughs> I, I can just see him laughing, like, you don't know what you're asking, man, you know. <laughs> I, I, and just having that kind of freedom has been freeing for me, even in reading the scripture, to see how Jesus is responding. It, it starts to change things. You know, instead of it being so ominous or being so, I've got to make this black or white, where there is actually able to have a little emotion and feeling in that. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, even as Eileen says, we can't tell the voice inflection or facial expression of the disciples. Mm-hmm. We, we don't know how they felt. We don't know how Jesus responded. Again, he might have laughed. He, you know, he could have been stern. I just, I see Jesus laughing a whole lot more now than I used to. Right, I, I see him smiling a lot more and just kind of being more human mm-hmm. in those ways uh, than I used to, which changes a lot of that. And I think the reason I feel that way is because I, I, I have been able to grow in my own dynamics of how I, I'm able to open up to God. 
where again, and this is a big deal for me, right? Where the wants aren't vilified, they're not demonized as always bad. Uh, yeah. Desire isn't always a bad thing. Now it's something that's God given a part of me. And now what I have to do is learn how to live in the totality of these things, which makes it a lot easier to be open to God because this is who I really am. God wants to deal with the real me. You know, all yeah. those things play into that. That's important. Yeah, that's, that is important. And, you know, hopefully that's what comes across. I mean, I, I know I, I always think about this relationally. Um, but even like I said, you know, as, as a barometer for ourselves to kind of feel like, okay, this is what's going on inside of me. And like you said, you said several times, like to name it, right. To put it mm -hmm. out there, to put it out there and say, this is it like good or bad. Like yeah. I need to have, I need to be honest and as difficult or maybe even as far because of this whole pandemic thing, it, it may sound like that's the kind of, that's the kind of church we want. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely what we want. We want to be real, right? And that includes the differences, you know. Um, that includes people having uh, different opinions and different tastes and different viewpoints. Uh, those things aren't to be squashed and conf made to conform into one person's, like the pastor's. Um, they are made to be engaged, talked about, explored, and in a sense revered in that we respect the people, right? Mm -hmm. We respect the people just like Jesus did. He, he respect James and John enough to not just, you kids, get out of here. You don't know what you're asking, right? He, he didn't throw that away. He actually leaned into it and brought more clarity to mm -hmm. it. And I think that's kind of our goal is to do that with everybody, you know, realize that everyone has wants, everyone has desires. And the problem is when we don't acknowledge that, then we become like the Pharisees, right? Or like what we see in leaders who abuse their power and never deal with the junk that's going on, um, which is what Ben talked about, right? In Luke, uh, I think it was 15, the Pharisees were so upset, you know, they were indignant, you know, just like the disciples were indignant that they asked this of Jesus, right. right? And that indignation is one of those kairoses, right? Why are you so upset that these people are listening? Isn't it a good thing, right? There's one passage where Jesus heals a man on the Sabbath mm -hmm. and they're irate because he healed someone. It's like, come on, you know, it's like he healed the guy, but no, they were looking for a reason to that, be upset. That's a work. You just, yeah, you, you just, you cross that line. Right? <laughs> and so many times where our indignation and um, our jealousies, um, as well as our excitements and our tears are moments that we're to capture and dig into it to find meaning, you know, the big asks, the big emotions, the, the big changes. These are all opportune moments for us to ponder and reflect on. And when the disciples who were indignant with the other two disciples didn't lean into that, Jesus did. You know, he, he didn't just say, you shouldn't feel that way. Right. You know, he said, listen, you know, 
you've been living in a way where the people who are in charge make others serve, but that's not how it is with me. And so he was redefining their thoughts regarding what was making them upset. You know, he wasn't just blowing it off. He was actually stepping into it. Right. That's a big deal. That's an important thing because many times we don't do that. You know. Yeah. Those are the difficult conversations to have. Yeah. Where we, you know, I don't know. It's easy to, it's easier to shush it off. It is. And, and there's a lot of fear, right? Because, I mean, I've had a number of conversations with people, gosh, over this past year, especially, uh, where it's like, okay, if I say this, what I'm really feeling, they might leave and not come back. They might not, you know, care for me anymore. It might be pushing into this a little too much, you know, especially when we're dealing with the racial, you know, tension, the political tension, all the things that we've experienced the past year. Um, Those things have a lot of emotion to them. And and when you share something that's contrary, you lean into something or just want to, you know, find out more, some people just can't deal with that, you know. And, And it's unfortunate because then the depth of relationship is only based on playing what we can see. Right. You know, well, if we act this way, if we think these things, you know, that'll be good enough. Not what we feel. You know, we can't go there because that's messy. And that's yeah. unfortunate. Because it is messy. It's hard. I mean, because I've had other hard conversations that have turned into really better friendships. You know, disagreements usually lead to uh, more trust. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Yeah. It's just, I mean, yeah. I mean, definitely this year, this last year has had, you know, I think being isolated, being stressed out, this fear of uncertainty, and then throw in, you know, the the racial tension, throw in, you know, maybe the craziest political year of all time. (laughs) My lifetime. My lifetime, yeah. All of that, right? All of it at once, and and you know, emotions were running high, and and um, yeah, I got I got swept up in that too, you know. But I yeah. did I do come out of that with um, uh, with people who I disagreed with, but didn't but didn't like lock heads with. Where I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want anything to do with you because of this. Yeah. Where I feel like I I have more respect, or even just a little bit more knowledge of who this person is now, mm-hmm. and I and I love them through it and because of it you know what i mean yeah it's it's really just a matter of um i guess depth of relationship like we're talking about yeah it really is and and it's freeing to be able to have that uh, ability to communicate on those levels and not fear repercussion Mm. right not not worry about am i still going to be your friend if we talk honestly and openly um you know the disciples had no problem telling Jesus, Hey, this is what we want. Yeah. Give us whatever you, we want to ask of you. <laughs> I mean, such audacity and they had no fear to do that. And again, that blows my mind, yeah. right? That they would just think, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I wondered the conversation the leading before. to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You ask him, no, you ask him, let's get mom. You know I mean? <laughs> However that conversation went, but um, still it, it happened. And, that's pretty illuminating in itself to mm-hmm. being able to say that and share that. You know, one of the things um, 
I, I've been contemplating just this past year. You know, it's been almost a year. We we had our first online service March 22nd, and then we just met this past Sunday. So it's been actually almost a year that we met. We had one Sunday in between right. that shut down. But looking back, I, I, especially after Sunday, I was looking and I was thinking, why didn't we do this tent thing sooner? We could have, you know. And I start thinking about all the ways that I've not done a good job, right? It's like, oh, man, I could have led better, you know, as the pastor. I could have leaned into this. And I'm still figuring out all the reasons, you know. I'm still trying to understand of it. How, I mean, maybe part of it was just, I don't know. There's too much uncertainty, too much fear, um, maybe it's laziness, you know, that I'm getting used to just meeting over a camera. It's kind of easier, you know, than having to, you know, set up tents and do all these things. Maybe we'll just keep this because it's easier. But just being able to express that helps me to deal with it. Mm. You know what I mean? And I want to be able to do it even like now, and maybe I'll even share it Sunday. I think it's important for me because that's naming it, right? That's yep. putting it out there saying, hey, guys. I don't know. This is what I went through. This is what I feel. I don't even have a good answer why we didn't meet sooner. Some people asked me to, and some people, you know, were in opposition to it. But um, I don't have a good answer. I, I don't know. I'm, part of it might just be fear, laziness, um, uncertainty, a lot of things going on within me that this is it. But that's kind of where it is, mm -hmm. you know. And to be able to say that, hey, that's kind of what was going on in me. You don't like me anymore. You, you know, I don't know. You can yeah. leave. Um, but I have to be honest with these things and let people know. Because I don't want people to think something of me that isn't true. I want the, the truth about myself. And especially in that role as pastor. And, and again, we can kind of talk about this. You know, um, there's been so much deification of that person, mm -hmm. you know, where then you have something like Ravi and what happened to him where no one could challenge him, even though there were cues even back years ago, but, Oh no, don't say anything against him. Cause he is this person. Yeah. I don't want to be that person. Right. I, I don't want to have that image cause I can't live into that. And I don't want to live into that. I, I want to be able to put my, you know, real self out there and the weaknesses, the uncertainties, the doubts, the fears, all of this is, is who I am. And I'm not going to pretend to be someone who has it all together because I don't. And um, for me, that's a big deal. That's the kind of pastor I want to be. There, There's, um, uh, from my understanding, I think a lot of that comes from this idea of uh, of building a church structure around like a Moses, right? Mm -hmm. Like who was a mouthpiece for you? Mean God. a Moses model? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for naming it. Uh, <laughs> where where it's like you have this man who was literally a mouthpiece for God, yeah. to his to the people at that time, but that's not necessarily what a New Testament church looks like, mm -hmm. where it's it's people who who denied yeah. Jesus that were leading the church, right? Yeah. It, it's people with all their, you know, 
Yeah. With with warts and all, as Dave would say, uh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like the, like every, everything. And, and not that Moses was a perfect man, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. there was this idea that like he was closer to God than everybody else. Yeah. Confirmed by Moses in the scripture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I do say so myself. <laughs> but, but the idea, um, again, that, you know, a new Testament church was, was, you know, yeah, these guys walked with Jesus and they knew Jesus. <clears throat> But that was only the first generation. Mm-hmm. After that, it was just people who, you know, who who stepped into this role. Yeah, and and it's important. To, it's important because I I feel like that. Uh, it's not just Ravi, right? It's it's happened. It's happened yeah. a lot. There there are there are pastors that fall. There are pastors that commit suicide. It's it's no joke. Yeah. There there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of hidden life that has to happen because people aren't allowed to be free. Yeah. And, uh, and that's not, that's not, you know, that's not a way to live. That's, that's not, that's, yeah, it's that's, not healthy for anybody, right? right? It's not health, healthy for the pastor, especially yeah playing in, in that role. And it's not healthy for people who are looking up to him, you know, in that role, because there's different expectations from him, um, different things put on him, you know, as far as, you know, even reverence, uh, it, it's, yeah, it's so unlike what we see in Christ and the people he called to himself and how they continued. Which is why I think he called fishermen and tax collectors and, yeah. and the people he called. It was like, this is these are the people of the kingdom. Yeah. They're not superstars. They're not, you yeah. know, they're not the, like Saul head and, you know, foot above everybody else kind of thing and good looking. They're just, yeah. they're just average guys. Yeah. And it was almost like that, you know, those work models where they say, well, we don't want anyone who we have to untrain. Right. You know, let's <laughs> just get someone we can train and not get someone who has to unlearn. And, and that's, I mean, gosh, that's been a, a large part of my life is unlearning things. And it's, sometimes it's harder to unlearn. Absolutely. It is. You know, it's, I find myself just gravitating back to ways of thought and it's like, I don't even think that way anymore, but I find myself still entertaining that or contemplating those ways of thinking. And so definitely want to move away from those things. And, um, you know, there's a lot involved with that and regarding how that takes place in a various number of churches. You know, we definitely have the celebrity pastor syndrome now. Um, the guy at Hillsong uh, in New York recently I forget his name and Ravi and I, again, there's countless others that this happens to, and you just have to ask, okay, what's going on where these things are happening and what is the disconnect with the person and with the role that they're playing, you know, where they're pretending to be this and they're really living like this, right. you know, and, and when I hear the news, it's heartbreaking, right? Because mm-hmm. I liked Robbie. I mean, I, I would listen I, to some. It's I like, man, too. you seem like one of the nicer apologetic guys, you know? I mean, I'm not a big apologetics guy and anymore. He was the guy but... that I would listen to on the, his, out here. His program was on the weekends, mm-hmm. I think. So I would listen to him. And it would be the, the thing where I would, like, it, something would click here and something would click here. And I'd often cry listening yeah. to him speak. And it was like, yeah, it's that, man. So when, when you find out, oh, man, yeah, it, it's, you're, you're struggling with, you know, these, these things and not, again, uh, this is what's happening in him, but the people around him kind of trapped him in it. Yeah. 
yeah, it's kind of all, you know, he would not be open. They were planning to be blind, you know, because I forget there was one woman who had announced these things, I guess, a year ago or so or more. Um, and everyone just ignored it and vilified her, you know, and then starting to hear other things that happened in the organization. If you disagreed with Ravi, you kind of got blacklisted, you know, things that you don't see just on a YouTube, yeah. you know, thing, which is unfortunate because again, I, I think this is all working together to try and make sure that this doesn't happen within us. Right. Cause it doesn't have to be just the pastor, right? This could be happening with the husband, wife, yeah. uh, boss, um, any anything employer employee all these things can come into a place where you have this some kind of blind spot that you're not really opening to opening up to that causes conflict within you and then that conflict just either gets buried pretend it's not there and then explodes or shows up in some other way because it always shows up yeah. you know you can't bury this stuff and it not explode some point you could hide it for years you know but eventually it's going to cause something to happen. Um, you might not find out about it till after you die, but you're going to find out about it, you know? So those things. Now I kind of ended with the idea of the small dog syndrome, you know, and the whole point was when we don't treat like dogs, like dogs, Mm -hmm. they become messed up. Right. (laughs) And if we, don't treat ourselves and other people like who we really are. The same thing happens to mm. us. We get messed up. And I think we live in a society where our wants, our desires, especially in a Christian uh, world, really, it's all about bearing them. Yeah. And, and that's deep. That's deep culture stuff. Yeah. Right. Like, like it's, you um, and this is, these are things that I've, uh, I've struggled with personally. I've struggled with for years and years and years, and I don't know how to get out. Hmm. Yeah. That's me putting it on the table, right? Yeah. Like, I just think like, man, how do we, who starts it? You know what I mean? And, yeah. and how, <laughs> and, and, and if, if Sam starts it, then what's to stop everyone going, that's what Sam's about? Like, you know what, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's crazy. It's, this starts in this is adolescent stuff that we just never grow out of and we make worse as we become adults. Yeah. It's so true. And and this is just first step. I mean, I want to look more as we go further on in this and how to dig into these things, Mm -hmm. right. And to, to engage them because we have to, to get out of them, we have to engage them a little bit more putting them, naming them is the first step, but it's not the last step. Even Sunday, um, David came up to me, David Barra and, said, I haven't heard this before, you know, because he's grown up in the church mm-hmm. that, and he shared with me, you know, I always heard the things on the other side and he goes, but this is, this is big deal. You know, it was kind of one of these things where it was like an yeah. epiphany to him, like, oh man, you know, cause he had grown up and he's a musician always playing. And, you know, I don't want to get into our conversation, but there's just been this way of seeing life. And then this is opening another way to see it. And it can be um, very illuminating as well as very discomforting, right? Because it puts you in a now new place. And new is usually a little bit discombobulated, right? Yeah. You feel a little uneasy, not sure how to man- maneuver around this because thinking this way, but I'm feeling this way. How do these jive together? Yeah. You know, 
Um, but man, I'm telling you, seeing as many dogs as I see that aren't treated like dogs, <laughs> and then what happens when they're treated like dogs and you see them you know, become a whole lot better makes me think how many people can become a whole lot better if they were actually treated the way humans are. Right. You know. So there's sort of this mean girl syndrome, mm -hmm. right, that's like, well, you're not wearing the right clothes or you're not saying the right yeah. words. And if you don't say the right words or wear the right clothes, then you can't be a Christian. Yeah. Right? And that's that's like a very surfacey way yeah. of looking at it. But that's that's what we've done to people. Yeah. And, and it's so interesting because I forget who I was talking to this about this recently. I asked someone, well, what, what are the things that are necessary to be a Christian? You know? And I forget what things they said. I think they said something like, well, you have to believe in the resurrection. And I just said, did the thief on the cross believe in the resurrection? You know, I don't yeah. know that he did. He knew Jesus was dying. I don't know if he knew he was going to rise again, right? Yeah. Those kind of, did the woman at the well believe in the resurrection, right? It's like, then you start kind of nuancing it. Well, you know, I don't know what it is. And you start picking it at it a little bit and you start, it starts unraveling mm -hmm. and that could be a little disconcerting. It's like, well, no, I thought it was these things. These are the essentials. Right. And then maybe the essentials are a little bit more in tune with God's idea of humanity from the beginning and that Jesus was restoring this, this last Adam, right? What, what that looks like. And so there's a whole I don't know, new ball game. You know, really, when you start embracing what Jesus is trying to bring back, um, that makes you have to really open up to a lot of things that maybe you had learned differently. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to the graph, I think that, you know, these things are, these things are multifaceted, too. It's not just like there's one want, mm. right? Yeah there there's levels to that yeah and and uh i mean i guess you know what we're talking about right now is wanting like authenticity exactly yeah. uh, and and it's a good starting place yeah and that's why we started with betrayal and denial because mm. right? those aren't good things right but that's really what was happening yeah. right and so we started with judas and peter and now we're starting with james and john we looked at, you know, the Pharisees. We looked at the disciples. All these different desires that were there. Um, it's not that they're all good, and it's not like they're all bad, but they had to be dealt with, Yeah. right? They had to come up so that who they are can be, you know, interwoven into the reality of the life they're living. Because otherwise, it, it's, it's not really you. Yeah. And God only... Yeah. Saves real people, right? God only, and, and we're going to get into salvation and repentance a little bit, right? Because again, there's a word, well, I need to repent sometimes of my wants, right? Yeah. But if I don't acknowledge my wants, I'm not going to repent. If you just repress them. Yeah. Or so, if nobody else knows them. Yeah. I don't have to, you know, repent of this because it, it stays hidden. You know, and, and so I can bury it. I can pretend it's not there and just ignore it. Um, and, and so this idea of repentance is an ongoing one. 
it, it's me. It's a good thing. Repentance is always bringing me more into the reality of where God is. Yeah. And, you know, that's the whole idea of this. The wants that are there are just opening up to who I really am to the God who's really there. And this, and this again, though, uh, and I know we're going into this a little bit, but uh, that sounds scary. <laughs> right. It sounds yeah. like it sounds like opening my bank account and saying, this is what I've been. This is how much money I spent on fast food. <laughs> in January. That's what it feels like. Right. It's yeah. like it's like this is this is uh, uncomfortable uh, at, at some level. I d- deeply desire it. But on another level, I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. And again, we've shared a few times, you know, you don't open up to everybody. Right. There's few people that you you won't share you know, some stuff with because it's not good and they don't need it. Um, but then there's other people that's important to have in your life. And then even if it is a counselor where you can go to and say, Hey man, I'm having this struggle with this, you know, I need to talk to somebody about it because this is what's happening. I think that's why, you know, confession is so good, you know, because it names it and it puts it out on the table and then you have to deal with it. Um, but at least it's there and it's on the table. Um, and so that's really what's happening in counseling. It's confession. You know, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what yeah. I'm feeling. And it's all naming all these things, you know, the, the things I think, the things I do, the things I want, and helping them to be something that integrates into, okay, how do I make these work all together so that I can live a way that's not filled with shame, not filled with fear, and not filled, you know, with this denial but to actually live fully because that's part of this idea of being free. You know, when the Mm -hmm. sun sets you free, he sets you free from hypocrite, you know, attitudes. He sets you free, not just, you know, from, oh, sin. It sets me free from, you know, the, the desires that I have that I bury. He sets me free to be able to express myself fully Mm -hmm. as human as I should. Um, and lean into that, you know, that, that's good news. That is very good news. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think that just on this note, I've, I've shared this on social media, but I've had, um, uh, two, you know, two people in my life. One of them was a very close friend and one of them was a, an older friend that committed suicide in the last month and a half or so Two two people. And so as we're talking about these things, I just feel like this, you know, mm-hmm. interjected that this is a good place to say, like, if you are struggling with, those kinds of things, yeah. Um, then definitely, you know, reach reach out. Definitely yeah. reach out. Definitely, yeah. Bear those things. Name those things. Call them out, and uh, and get help. Yeah, that that's so so important because this is where those things begin, right? Those thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's no one understands if people knew me, you know. Um, yeah, so being able to express those things is, is important for you. Not just, you know, Oh yeah, this is a nice thing. It's an important thing for you if you're struggling like that. And, yeah. and I know, and I know, you know, a few people who are struggle, who struggle with depression, mm-hmm. um, who struggle with some of the things that they've gone through, people who have lost loved ones, people who have been divorced, people who have lost jobs, um, and suffered depression because of all these things. And there is this, you know, want, inside of them or this feeling inside of them of I don't belong, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough and we need to talk about those things and expose that yeah. so that it can be healed. You know, There's a passage in Hebrew that says don't let that which is lame be put away but rather let it be healed. 
you know, it, it does no good to ignore the broken foot. It'll just get worse. Yeah. You know, and so if there's a desire in you or a want in you that is hurting and is, you know, crying, then it needs to be known so it can be healed. Yep. Good stuff. You know, important. Uh, any takeaway, any last thoughts on this subject? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying the series. I, I think it's, it's uh, helpful. I think it's important. And uh, it, it is kind of taking a light, you know, on the scriptures in a way that maybe we haven't looked at them before. So uh, that's always good. And uh, uh, pray for more illumination. Yeah. And, and again, encourage questions. Encourage pushback, right? Because that's how things get stronger is when there's that pushback and, and working things through to find a place that this works in because it's not black and white. It's very, you know, we dealt with the black and white in the grace truth, mm -hmm. you know, kind of dynamic where it's just this, you know, one or the other and moving it to have a little bit more nuance gives us a little better conversation. So we can always use a little better conversation. Well, thanks Randy for the conversation. Again, remind you guys, check out the new website and also keep an eye out for the app. It hopefully will be coming soon. And then, when we get the app, you can subscribe to that and get all the you know updates and things like when we're going to be online, it'll pop up on your app and say, hey, join online. So those things uh, look to be happening. Uh, thanks, Eileen, for joining us. Gil, the rest of you who are online at this time, thanks for spending this time with you. We know that you have other options, but we think... <laughs> again, we love you guys. Take care. Hope to see you guys again this Sunday. God bless you have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.